Chapter Three of Twelve Good Musicians from John Bull to Henry Purcell. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Twelve Good Musicians from John Bull to Henry Purcell by Frederick Bridge. Chapter Three Thomas Morley. Fifteen Fifty Seven to 1603. The next of our twelve musicians in chronological order of birth is Thomas Morley, born in 1557, when Bird was a young man, though his course was run long before that veteran had finished with the affairs of this world. He was a pupil of Bird, and was probably a chorister of St. Paul's Cathedral. In 1588 he graduated with a Bachelor of Music at Oxford and some three years later was appointed organist of St. Paul's. This position he did, however, not hold long, as in 1592 he was appointed a gentleman of the Chapel Royal. In 1598 he was granted the license which had previously been held by Tallis and Bird for the exclusive right of printing and selling books of music and ruled paper, and many of the musical works which were published at that time were issued by Esty, Peter Short, William Barley, and others, as the assigns of Thomas Morley. In 1602 he resigned his positions at the Chapel Royal, probably from ill health, as one gathers from the introduction to his plain and easy introduction to practical music, that he was rather a confirmed invalid. Some have taken the year of his resignation as that of his death, but there is nothing to support this, and though Hawkins and Burney are at one in placing his death in 1604, the correct date is 1603. Details of Morley's life are scanty. By his works we must know him. His compositions are both vocal and instrumental, sacred and secular, and in addition to his work in the various branches of composition, much of his fame rests upon his authorship of the first really satisfactory treatise on music, the plain and easy introduction already referred to. This work is full of interest and has been a book of reference and valuable information to musicians for the past three centuries. Written in the form of a dialogue between master and pupil, it contains many quaint discourses, and it is in the early chapters of this work that the story is told of the unfortunate gentleman who could not read music at sight when asked to do so by his hostess, with the humiliating result that the company wondered where he had been brought up. Morley's book was translated into German by I.C. Frost, organist of St. Martin's, Halbergstad. It is interesting to observe that more than one of his books was translated into German, e.g. the Cansonets or Little Short Songs, to three voices published here first in fifteen ninety three was translated into german and issued at kassel in sixteen twelve and at rostock in sixteen twenty four and the ballets for five voices of fifteen ninety five was issued at nuremberg in sixteen o nine this is a striking testimony to his merits but the most celebrated of his publications was the great edition of madrigals called the 
triumphs of oriana this is said to have been compiled as a tribute to queen elizabeth whose title of gloriana is well known in this portly volume he includes no fewer than twenty-six madrigals composed by many of the most famous living english composers the work helped to make the practice of madrigal singing very popular in england and to this day its influence is great and few programs of madrigal music are ever issued without some specimen taken from this splendid collection and it is to morley we owe a delightful contemporary setting of words by shakespeare the beautiful lyric it was a lover and his lass from as you like it this is one of the very few things which we possess with the words by shakespeare and the music by a contemporary musician unfortunately the charming song has been often sadly mutilated by editors sometimes by the introduction of unwarranted accidentals and also by actual curtailment i have however had the opportunity of referring to one of the few copies in existence of the original publication formerly in the hollowell phillips collection and have so been able to issue it in its correct form various attempts have been made to arrange it as a duet on the ground that it was sung in the play by two pages the dialogue which precedes the song is very amusing and rather suggests that shakespeare had some little experience of the peculiar weaknesses of singers both amateur and professional the following is the little episode in question enter two pages first page well met honest gentleman touchstone by my troth well met come sit sit in a song second page we are for you sit in the middle first page shall we clap into roundly without hawking or spitting or saying we are hoarse which are the only prologues to a bad voice second page in faith in faith and both in a tune like two gypsies on a horse this from as you like it act five scene three the words two gypsies on a horse have been taken to suggest that as the two gypsies must have ridden one behind the other the two pages should sing not in unison but one after the other hence the effort to arrange the music in canon as it is termed but there is no warrant for this neither will the song admit of it with respect to his instrumental writing in addition to many examples for the virginals he wrote for combined instruments as will be seen later much of his virginal music is contained in the fitzwilliam collection and in will forrester's virginal book in buckingham palace for combined instruments may be mentioned the seven fantasias and there is also a collection called first book of consort lessons for six instruments lute pandora cistern bass viol flute and treble viol writing on this collection dr burney does not take a very high estimate of its musical value they seem to have been intended for civic feasts he says and master morley supposing perhaps that the harmony which was to be heard through the clattering of knives forks spoons and plates with the jingling of glasses and clamorous conversation of a city feast not be very accurate or refined was not very nice in setting parts to these tunes which is so far from correct that almost any one of the city waits would have vamped as good an accompaniment 
on the spot i question if dr burney is justified in this scathing criticism i do not suppose he had ever heard them perform for the good reason that there is no complete set of parts to be found and there is no record of any such being in existence in his time a few years ago i did my best to get these little band tunes performed but at first only the viol and flute parts could be found later on i was fortunate enough to discover a cittern part in the bodleian library and later still a part for the pandora has been found in the christchurch library we still want the parts for lute and bass viol but with these four we get a very good representation of the original and at the exhibition initiated by the worshipful company of musicians we had one of these little tunes played by the six instruments under the direction of rev w galpin we had to supply parts for lute and bass viol but as we had the original harmony supplied by the flute i e a small recorder which was an inner part and by the cistern and pandora both of which played chords we could not go far wrong the effect was both interesting and charming and altogether discounted burney's unreliable criticism it would be a great delight to all lovers of this early music if the two missing parts could be found but i fear we shall hunt in vain his sacred works include two services and an anthem which was published in bernard's collection and a setting of the burial service which appears in boyce's collection there are also examples in manuscript amongst the harleian manuscripts in the christchurch library at oxford and the fitzwilliam and peterhouse libraries at cambridge a curious thing rather in connection with his sacred works is that unlike his secular compositions none was published during his lifetime his style was not so broad as that of talus or so noble as that of bird but he had a great influence upon the art his own compositions include examples of his talents in many directions as a theoretical writer he is really distinguished above his contemporaries and contributed to the stores of sacred secular and instrumental music besides writing for the stage morley's early death was a real loss to english music and he was mourned by all his contemporaries one of the most touching testimonies is a beautiful lament for six voices by thomas wilkes himself a distinguished composer whom we shall consider later the words are as follows a remembrance of my friend mr thomas morley death hath deprived me of my dearest friend my dearest friend is dead and laid in grave in grave he rests until the world shall end the world shall end as end must all things have all things must have an end that nature wrought that nature wrought must unto dust be brought another poetical testimony to morley was written in his lifetime and may be given here it is supposed to be by michael drayton such was old orpheus's cunning that senseless things drew near him and herds of beasts to hear him the stock the stone the ox the ass came running morley but this enchanting to thee to be the music god is wanting and yet thou needest not fear him draw thou the shepherd still and bonny lasses and envy him not stocks stones oxen asses End of chapter three